The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to Just End the Show, where there's always a rockier bottom. We are so excited to be joined by Nick Woten. Nick, what do you got to plug for us? Well, I don't have a paper bag like Kevin has on right now to plug for you. But uh, yeah, Manning Hunter, Bill's Wire. Um, you guys should check out Jets Wire 2 with USA Today. Uh, Gary, the managing editor over there, has always got you guys covered. So if you guys are going to hate on the Bill's Wire, please don't hate on the Jets Wire. And you can follow me on Twitter for my random comments that we'll probably get into on this podcast about kind of trolling Bills fans. That's at Nick <laughs> underscore W-O-J-T-O-N. We said they were going to go scorched earth this week, and that's exactly what happened. Nick, as a Bills fan, was there any doubt in your mind that the Bills weren't going to win this game by 20-something points? Very little. Very little doubt. I was a little nervous after last week that maybe the Bills wouldn't cover the spread, but the fact that they had a, a win coming was legitimately, I don't think, ever in doubt. It's, the Bills are very much a get-right kind of team or or an take-the-anger-out kind of team, and boy, did they look angry. <laughs> Kevin, did you make yourself a mouth hole on that paper bag? Can you breathe, buddy? I, I think I can breathe okay. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to introduce him right there, but if everyone could hear the crinkling, we're back. We're back in bags. I was going to put a hat on top of the bag and then have a bag on to like an airplane where he pulls off the sunglasses and he's got a sunglasses. But you know what? We don't need it. This is not a visual medium, <laughs> but the bags are back on. After this game, I think I'm about to use a Ziploc bag. I don't know how much more of this I can take. <laughs> yeah, you need something with sealing on the bottom too to really to really drive it home. Yeah, does anyone have a dry cleaning bag I can put over my face? <laughs> Again, we're selling these. Uh, they're a hundred dollars each. I'd, so far, I think we have no no buyers, which is ridiculous. But we can put any name you want on it. I'm gonna write what if you want Mike White, if you want Joe Flacco. It can't be a starting quarterback, but it has to be either a previous starting quarterback or a backup. So you can have White, Flacco, or you can have like Geno Smith, or you know, I'll do anything you want for you. A hundred dollars each. Hit us up at uh, Just End the Show Industries at Gmail. <laughs> That's not a real thing. Sorry. At Just End the Show on Twitter. That is a real <laughs> thing, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's been more soul searching than usual, or maybe the same amount. I'm not sure. <laughs> you're, yeah. not, you're just numb to it at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Numb to it is like the Jets motto. That's that's the Jets fan mantra. If we need to change our name, maybe we could go for that. We could go for Numb to it. It's good to get people on to talk about teams that are like winning games. It really changes up our content. Yeah, <laughs> I bet it does. I bet it does. Although, really? I, didn't the, the Jets beat the uh, the Bengals, right? And the, they that? sure did. Yeah, the Titans and the Bengals. Yeah, go figure. I bet against the Jets on both of those occasions. They fucked me. I bet against the Jets again. Uh, I, I, the only time I really have done like a large straight bet was against the Jets and the Titans, and I learned my lesson on that. I'm like, I should be enjoying this game instead of being like, what the fuck is going on? Why am I about to lose all this money? But I stayed away from the 13 and a half, which was a mistake, obviously. 
Oh my god, what a slam dunk that was. What a slam dunk that was. Dude, they could have given the Jets 20. Yeah, this is why we should do midweek podcasts. As soon as I if I had found out about that Mike White saying he should have been like the number 1 overall pick thing, just just <laughs> just it's an ATM, folks. Just walk right up to it and take money out. You don't need a pin number, you don't need nothing. Yeah, didn't he say that he should have been the number 1 pick? Yeah, he did. He said, he said he should he, yeah. he said something like that. Yeah, he said something like that last week I wrote about it and I just knew that you know, Bills yeah. fans are so like bitter. And I, I remember I constructed the tweet in a way that was just like, I hate, like, I hate doing this to Mike White's probably a nice guy, mm-hmm. but I was like, all right, I need the hate clicks. So I put it, I formed the tweet. I didn't really, I wrote in the story, I wrote something like, oh, you know, he, he's just being confident in himself. He's not taking some slight against um Allen, but I was like, Mike White, the 2018 fifth round pick <laughs> wanted to be the thought he was the first overall or should have been the first overall pick the same year Josh Allen went seven I've kind of yeah. found out the way that Mike White said he was better than Josh yeah <laughs> which, which is definitely not the case but you know Okay. Well, I don't know, Nick, I don't know if he is a nice guy, because like, if he knows anything about the Jets, you can't say that. Come on, man. Franchise is already cursed. Like, you can't just start piling shit onto it. Like, you had one good game. Anytime that happens, people out there, you want to make some money, just lay the points. If they're giving up 45 points a game, you can, you can, you can make the spreads anything you want. Yeah, I mean, there was no way I was touching the Jets. I was just going to say that uh, coach today, uh, he had a good, good quote, attacking the fan base a little bit. That was pretty cool. Said something like uh, something in this market uh, about how why why he's like I don't understand basically why this market will crown somebody after like one good game then they'll destroy them after like what is wrong like I don't get what's going on in this market and I was like oh a little attack on your your own fans after forty five to seventeen loss that's pretty cool. <laughs> this is was this Salah? I might have I probably yeah Salah it was Salah. Are they trying to say that the New York media is overreacting? <laughs> yeah. First of all, how dare you? The New York Post has only been in business for a hundred years by writing the most sensationalized shit they could think of. It's not like anyone in that uh, in that beat ever did anything weird, like burners and <laughs> shit like that. And then the cherry on top being uh, adding me on LinkedIn afterwards. Really? Yes. Manish added me on LinkedIn after he no longer worked at. <laughs> what do you work for again? The, Daily, the News. Daily News. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He added me on LinkedIn after. He was probably looking for a job. He's like, I got to get on LinkedIn and make some more of these professional connects. Yeah. He was like, this guy looks like someone who I shared an elevator with once at MetLife Stadium because we did. And that was that. I said, hello. That was it. <laughs> I don't think that there's another fan base that hates its own beat reporters more than New York Jets fans. There was a time when Jets Twitter was just mostly Manish hate. And I was like, he's doing his job. The fans are like, how come he never writes anything nice about us? I'm like, you lost by 40. What do you want from <laughs> yeah, the there's, man? There's, there's not a lot of nice things to say. Yeah, you're really you're really on a short list. I think we've tried pretty hard on this podcast to find things. <laughs> he's, he's always writing such negative stories about these blowouts. What's this guy's problem? <laughs> yeah, I used to get that same kind of hate in like a, a lesser um, level. Like I would cover Division One hockey at Niagara and like they would want me to like just write these sensational stories when like, um, you know, they were doing good. But then when they would lose and I wrote like, well, they lost seven to one and got outshot, you know, like 40 to 15. And, like, <laughs> yeah, they'd just be like, like, treat me like I'm a dick. And like you, you, <laughs> you did that. I did not do that. Like, what do you want me to do? Lie about the shots on goal? Like, yeah. Where, where do well, you want what about that? Well, what about that one save? Yeah, but he scored on the next thing. Yeah, but the save was cool. Then. Seth, I, I have a couple things to say to our audience. And number one is that 
I don't think the Jets are the best team in the AFC, so I apologize for that. I've said that several times because of the uh, the Tennessee win. And after the whole uh, the Bengals thing, after they lost, we were like, we're probably the best team in the league. So I just, you know what? That might have been fake news, and I apologize to our, to our fans who took that seriously. The Jets beat the Titans, though, and the Titans beat the Bills. Yeah. So ipso facto, I think we're still top dog. We're st- oh, okay. Yeah. You know what? That's a good point. That's a good point. We defeated Buffalo transitively, so you know we're, we're it, it's cool. They have another shot at us though, so maybe if they go two and zero against us, I don't know if they can do it, but you know we'll we'll see. Yeah, maybe. What's funny is that the Jets will probably <laughs> win that game because it's the last week of the season, and the Bills will have nothing to play for, and we'll just have to beat like Mitch Trubisky. Right. So the Jets probably have a better shot in that game than you think, just because it's Week 18. Mitch coming off of COVID, just firing BBs. If the Bills are still trying to hold off the Patriots, though, then we're in for it. No uh, Matt Barkley, the Jets slayer, anymore. So <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry. It's not only New York, though, because, like, Allen was doing pretty good. Or, or you know, he's like was a rookie or whatever. He came in that one time. He wasn't doing great as a rookie. He was really shitty as a rookie. But it was like Barkley played, like, like they won a game, and he threw for, like, 225 yards. And I'm like, well, do we keep this guy in? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You're playing against the Jets? And he won at home. And then that was after that game, Jamal Adams said something like, uh, he had some quote that was like, yeah, we prepared like Allen was going to play all week. And then this other guy came in and plays nothing like him. So basically, yeah. Adams was like, yeah, we literally didn't know how to defend Mac Barkley or whatever. I'm like, well, that's kind of embarrassing. A and B like, yeah, they didn't even defend for Matt Barkley. Like they're playing a system that's not Matt Barkley. Like, why do you the like, guys, he threw for like one touchdown and like, oh, man, now he's, where is he now? Oh, he's in Carolina. Oh yeah. He got sur- supplanted by uh, Cam Newton already. Tough, tough break for Matt Barkley. Wow, Matt Barkley, yeah. Well, now now Carolina's paying, what is it, Carolina? <laughs> they're paying Cam Newton to replace Cam Newton's replacement's replacement, so it's going well over there, too. Yeah, the Panthers are still paying Teddy Bridgewater to replace Teddy Cam Newton and, and Sam to replace Teddy Two Gloves, and now they're <laughs> playing Cam to replace both of Cam's replacements. So it's all kind of come full circle for the Panthers, yeah. That's the best part of Jets football this year is that we got a second-round pick out of Sam Darnold. There you go. We did that. We did it, folks. <laughs> we win. Now that's a spin zone. Yeah. Newsday ran, I think, a full-page opinion piece about how the Jets won the Sam Darnold trade, that the jury <laughs> is over on that. We did, it. we did it. They got way more value for him than he's probably worth. A team that is historically great at drafting people, as we're seeing. Yes, we got a draft pick. Congratulations. Oh, we have to pick the person? Ah, oh, I just thought we needed the pick. What, do they have to stay healthy? The problem with the Jets is they're not going to even end up with a top three pick this year unless they start losing some games because I think, does Jacksonville have two wins already? Jacksonville has two, yeah. The Lions have a tie. So I'm not sure if... Do do the Texans only have one win? The Texans have one win. Yeah, so as of right now, it's Lions, Texans, and then it's either us or Jacksonville, depending on what the tiebreakers are. The Jets could play themselves out of a top five pick easily this year. Depending on if games, you know, the teams that they're playing are thrown in the towel. We play Tampa the <laughs> second to last week of the season. We play Buffalo the last week yes. of the season. So the, I know the Jets like to score garbage time points. They might have some garbage time wins late in the year and screw themselves out of this draft pick in a very Jetsian fashion, similar to what they did last year, beating the Rams for no reason to uh, screw themselves out of Trevor Lawrence. The Rams. They beat the Rams and the Browns last year, which is just so dumb. I remember watching uh, one of those games. Didn't they win on like a ridiculous last second player or like 
uh something crazy i don't know i mean it was crazy that they just fucking won anyways like why like they they I lost mean, not, really not badly that, against the, the raiders that was a game they could have won and then they just uh they yeah they, really they, late. I, so that I, might be part I, of it i think they lost on a hail mary to henry ruggs which i mean i guess they got the last laugh on that one from henry ruggs but that was a rough Raiders game, losing on it. Violently a- too soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's another name for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, We wanted to call it Misery Loves Company, but that was taken. That was already um, taken, apparently. You kind of know what we're getting into when the podcast tile, the podcast artwork, before we ever record an episode, is three guys with bags over their heads. I think that kind of lays out our expectations for the season and our expectations for this franchise. Which is something I I, I kind of got into in the text thread this week when I was watching the Jets yeah. just get absolutely pulverized by Buffalo. If we're ranking NFL fan base misery, I contend that the Jets are top three. I will put the Lions at one. I will concede top NFL fan misery to the Lions. I have the Jets two, and I I think I had the Vikings three. Right? Was that fair? I argued that the Bills are probably top five if you eliminate recency bias. Yeah, we, recency buys are definitely not, but... Yeah, because the, Bra- the Browns are out on this now, right? Because, I mean, the Browns, like, could have beaten Kansas City in a playoff game. Like, that was a real thing. So they're out of this contention, right? Oh, no. If you're eliminating the Browns, you have to eliminate the Bills. I would argue that both are, are top five. I think that is the top five. In terms of recently, we're definitely one of the worst teams in the league in the past, like, ten years. I mean, there's no question about that, right? How often are the Jets competitive? They have these little two-year spurts where they're competitive, but they're never really a Super Bowl contender. They really haven't been since 69. You could argue that... Have the, you forgotten the, the Sanchez, my friend? We were right there. I mean, even those Rex Ryan teams, those were Cinderella teams, though, that were making those AFC Championship games. Those were not these juggernaut teams. I mean, I think we think of them through kind of rose-colored glasses. But you got to remember, they didn't even win the division those years. I mean, I think they might have won the division the Matt Castle year by default when Brady went down. But those Rex Ryan years, I mean, those were wild card teams that had wild playoff runs, right? They would win, they'd win a couple of playoff games, pull a couple of playoff games out of their ass. Yeah. But even those teams, I don't think anyone thought were legitimate Super Bowl contenders until they were in the Final Four. Um, so I would contend that we're right behind the Lions. I'm going to go Lions, Misery, one, <sighs> Jets, two, and then I'll let the Browns yeah. be third. And you could fight over Vikings versus Bills for who gets to be fourth and who gets to be fifth but i think that's a solid top five am i leaving anyone out i'd say in terms of leaving anyone out like a little bit of a dark horse i wouldn't probably wouldn't i don't know if i'd say top five but like just the way for like 20 years with philip rivers the chargers would lose games like they obviously are pretty optimistic right now but like the amount of times that they would lose games and just yeah like all right two minutes left heartbreaking when, when, and when is yes when is the interception coming like, when are we yeah. turning this ball over or and just it like would weird timeouts happen. yeah no matter what the coach was there was just like weird timeouts and bad field goal kicking for them including nate yeah. kading who's one of our only bright spots as he's one of my personal football my, heroes yeah <laughs> who you should have whose jersey instead of oj simpson <laughs> i should buy a nate kading jersey i owe yeah. him that much I think you'd probably yeah, just that's... have to buy a custom jersey and spell it out because I'm sure that that's not commercially available. But, you know, the internet is around, so you never know. Yeah. I'm going to check on that. I think I could find that on the internet. I don't think I have to go custom for that. We're going to say, I'll check back with you next week. We'll let you know yeah. how the Nate Kading jersey search goes. Yeah. But, yeah, that's I mean, I, I think the Chargers, that's a that's a valid one. I think they're definitely top 10. I mean, there's only so many teams, right? But um, I would leave them out of the top five. And I only say that because the Chargers are usually 
competitive. They they might be leading in these like heartbreaking moments, but their their team is usually good. Whereas like Jets, Browns, Lions, these teams are usually just non-competitive with pockets of good sort of along the way. The Chargers are usually competitive, right? I mean, it, it's hard to remember the Chargers were just like a top ten draft pick, right? Besides last year, maybe Washington too, but that's more recency bias, I think, right? Like they were good, obviously. In the when we were barely yeah. watching football early nineties, right. yeah. like they were, yeah. they were yeah. good then. But they've been pretty uh, like like if you want to put like Dan Snyder, Washington as like their own institution, then yeah, that's definitely up there. Yeah, any franchise that had a heyday is out. The Jets have never had a heyday. They had a hey year. They've never had a heyday. There's never been a Jets era of dominance. On the topic of this game, I, I think I figured out the Jets' defensive strategy, which is that they give up 45 points. That's it. If you want one point more, you're not getting it. But 45, that is the limit. We'll give you that. But Robert Sala draws the line at 45. Exactly. Yeah. That line is in concrete, Seth. There is no way that they give up more than 90 points in two games. Since the bye week, they've given up like a historic amount of points. It's just dire straits, and I feel like we were we were so positive on the defense after the first couple games of the season, just being like, well, hey, they're playing above their level, and like even though they're losing these games, like there was no offense at all. Like in that Denver game, we were like, this is twenty six to nothing, but it could have been eighty to nothing. Like there's there's no offense whatsoever, and uh, man, I'm so out on this defense and everything about this. And obviously, these guys are young, and and we still don't know necessarily some of the some of the possibilities with this, but. You already mentioned Javelin Gidry, like one on one with Stefan Diggs. Like, what is the like if what what is the strategy at a certain point? Like, obviously, certain things aren't working. These guys are open by six or seven yards. I just it, it seems like beyond the defensive line, you can get any yards you want on this team. You can run anywhere on the field and get and and be wide open. Am I missing something? <laughs> I'm not a defensive genius. I you know. I love the the Bills play calling when they were in the red zone there after that big uh, catch by Diggs where they kind of chuck it up to Diggs in the end zone. He only gets one foot in, and the next play call is, all right, well, let's just run that again. What is he going to do, stop him twice? And they just throw another fade to Stephon Diggs. It's our dime corner, Javelin Gidry. Poor kid. I don't even think it was that bad of coverage, but the poor kid just has no shot on a play like that. No, he doesn't. And we've been a pro-Gidry podcast since episode one, but what is he doing out there one-on-one against, like, Stephon Diggs? Like, what, what is this plan? I just don't understand it, like... And and if the whole thing is that, oh, Salah trusts in these guys or whatever, it's like, well, well, that's not working. So try something else. Because they, well, don't. They got, yeah, don't trust him because it's not working. And they got absolutely torched last week. And there's no excuse for this to happen two weeks in a row. There's none. I mean, if it's the, these guys like they don't they don't have the talent and everybody can can tell that. But you should not be like not even close to competitive two weeks in a row defensively. There's no excuse for that at all. I just don't I don't get it at all. And I don't understand. It's not one person. It's the entire defense. It's like there's there's I mean, I, the defensive line is one thing, but, the, um, you know, and, and we like mostly. But other than that, there's absolutely no there's nobody on the field making plays. And the scheme is terrible every single week since the bye week. Every, this, this It's just been terrible. I just don't get it at all. I actually uh, I'm only going to disagree on one thing. I actually didn't hate the scheme. I think there were some plays where they were kind of hanging with these bills receivers on the outside because that's the only scheme they can go to is like let's try to cover dudes one-on-one because this team can't play zone they don't know how 
they're just not experienced enough. Every time the Jets try to play zone, they get torched this year. Yeah. So they were like, all right, let's just try to play man and just like run with them and see what happened. And it right. didn't work. It didn't but work. I think it didn't work because you've got inferior athletes out there. And I actually didn't yeah. have a huge problem with the scheme per se. That's why I put I don't put this one so much on Salah as well, you know, he's not really working with an NFL level roster. I mean, he didn't have an NFL level secondary when Brandon Eccles was in the game. After Eccles gets hurt, it's like, well, forget it. Now we're playing our dime corner against one of the best receivers in the league. This is a team that's already missing its starting safeties out for the year. So we're playing Ashton Davis and I don't even know who at free safety, uh, Gibson, who right? Who are just not, who are just not, they're, they're, they'd be on the practice squad on any other team in the league. They're just, uh, they're of just any not, other team. They're just not, cal- they're just not NFL caliber players. And the only thing I would say is like, well, oh, they were able to hang with Cincinnati at least a little bit in that game. Okay, Cincinnati didn't get up for it and they didn't think Mike White was going to make all these throws, whatever. But, and the Tennessee thing, you can go, okay, the receivers were out. But like, at least in the Cincinnati game, they were able to hang in with these guys. It's like, you can't have every single person over the field open by six yards. I still feel like there's there's got to be there's got to be some kind of coaching has to step in at some point if you're going to have a team that, that that's this bad and this inexperienced. I, I just I don't know. Two weeks in a row getting up forty five points is ridiculous. That's just, there's no excuse for it. There's not, and you could argue that the Bengals receiving group is just as deep as the Bills receiving group, who they kind of stopped. I mean, they shut down Jamar Chase. He had a touchdown, but he yeah, had three catches for under fifty he yards. He didn't so. do anything. Yeah, they. Yeah, the Bills did confirm after the game that was the exact same play per Josh Allen. Yeah. They're like, yeah, let's just roll it back. Yeah, just, <laughs> we're not going to stop it twice. <laughs> yeah, that looked pretty yeah. good last time. Let's go right back to that. Yeah. Right? Diggs is probably thinking, my bad, I thought I got a butt cheek down. You know what? Just, yeah, just do it again. <laughs> just chuck it again. I'm pretty sure we had that. Bills were definitely trying to work the outside receivers. Uh, Cole Beasley only played nine snaps in the game, which I barely even noticed because the Bills were just rolling the whole time. Yeah. He only had two targets. They only targeted Dawson Knox once. So their guys in the middle, they essentially targeted three times in the game. And Stefan Diggs, I think, was out-targeted everyone else combined in the Bills, but uh, which is kind of how they used to roll last year. They would just throw to him 10-plus times every game. And that's why he led the he led, led the league in receiving and was definitely a first-team All-Pro. But just the game plan being throw it to Steph worked really well. And the Bills hadn't, haven't really been doing that this year. I expect them to probably go back to it after this game a little bit more. But uh, the more telling sign, too, was uh, Beasley did have a rib injury, but he played a lot the week before. But um, Gabe Davis, the guy who had that, like, ridiculous catch uh, in the sideline there, he played over half of the snaps, I think 52%. That was his season high. So having said that, he's a big dude. He's not, like, small like Cole Beasley. Emmanuel Sanders is always out there a lot, even if he's not showing up in the stack sheet. So the Bills essentially just were like, all right, we're going to go to the outside receivers a lot against the Jets today. And, of course, um, What's his name getting hurt? Was his name Eccles? Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, him Eccles, him yeah. getting hurt, it was kind of just like game over from there that uh, the Bills are going to go to their outside guys a lot. Yeah, Brandon Eccles is a six-round draft pick <laughs> this year, by the way. We start a six-round draft yep. pick as pretty much our number one corner. Yeah, and it's even a devastating he, loss and, to, and, go to, the, to go to, <laughs> to, go to uh, Gidry. And you think that like when you still have Bryce Hall on the other side, they're like, hey, maybe let that guy cover Stephon Diggs. Maybe, like, they left Javelin Gidry completely out to drive because the Jets don't yeah. switch sides. It's not their style. Bryce Hall is on the left side of the defense, so all the Bills have to do is like, hey, yeah. Diggs, go, go on that side. You get the dime corner instead of the number two or the, arguably the number one. I mean, it was just like, what? just move over, man. I don't know why we have to play this I only play the left side or I only play the right side type of cornerback play. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I've been doing it all year, but it doesn't make any sense. 
don't know if he's that's a, like a young cornerback thing or something, because the Bills kind of used to do that with, with Tredavious White. Like they would only leave him on the one side of the field, but now he's hope, you know, when they play the Chiefs, he'll be on Tariq Hill, he'll be on Travis Kelsey, he'll be, you know, on, on whoever. Um, but at first, I don't know if that's a young guy thing, but yeah, I know, I know uh, PFF definitely didn't like Echoes. I remember writing last week out of like, these numbers are wrong, but it you know, ballpark and like out of 117 qualifying cornerbacks, he was like rated there 112 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, matchups to watch. Oh shit, this guy might not be great. So yeah, and then he gets hurt. But I test wise, I think we even liked him against the Bengals on here. Like I actually thought he played pretty well in that game. But then, yeah, then he played horribly against the Colts and he gets hurt here. And then yeah, there's just absolutely nobody back. I mean, it's just yeah, they, like these guys are literally like. Uh, practice squad on on any other team i mean it's not even it's it's not even an exaggeration to say that right or at least third string maybe maybe as a ceiling for for a lot of the secondary players i mean if you notice the last play uh, one of the last plays i should say for the bills on that scoring drive that same Diggs touchdown drive all you have to do is not give up a massive chunk play to the bills and they just have Diggs run a double move on the outside. As soon as he runs that double move, yeah. Eccles is blown by. He has absolutely no chance. He just if, he is if, nowhere. If, He's like stuck yeah, in the mud. If Josh yeah. Allen does a better ball, that's a touchdown as is. So that was pretty rough to watch. You know, the worst part of this loss, I feel like, is that at the beginning of the year, we're talking about, like, what's what are the things we're talking about? It's like the main thing is, like, they're going to be playing from behind the whole year because the defense is so bad, like, the defensive line is bad and the secondary is worse. And then we get these weird performances. We get a couple of weird wins against good teams. And suddenly we're talking ourselves into Mike White and all this stuff. And then, like I'm saying, during the week, it's like, you almost immediately know, like, this is going south just karma-wise, like, with him. But then the whole team is is kind of banking on this. Plus, it's like, well, they have frisky defensive performances against, like, relatively good teams. But it's like, if you had said at the beginning of the year, what's going to happen when the Jets play the Bills? They're starting their backup quarterback, and a lot of the defense is still banged up. I don't know. They'll probably lose 45 to 17. It's like the Internet just makes us crazy because it's like we just we just keep refreshing this thing and being like, oh, maybe there's a chance. Maybe this can happen. Maybe. No, they suck. They're the fucking Jets. They suck again. Everybody. What have we been trying to tell you every week on this podcast, people? (laughs) It's just and and I fell for it it. and I fell for it. And I'm supposed (laughs) to be an expert. No, I'm not an expert, but I'm supposed to be at least professional on this. And I'm not. I'm not. This is ridiculous. We knew that they are who we thought they were, Seth. They are who we fucking thought they were. (laughs) So I said last week after with the Bills coming off that 9-6 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, I said last week, I was like, listen, this is going to be an absolute scorched earth game. I don't know what the spread is, but lay the points because Josh Allen is going to have a hold my dick game and he's just going to (laughs) go off on this team. And that's exactly what happened. (laughs) It's exactly what happened. Did you lay the points? I did not lay the points. I didn't take my own advice. No, not for money. I took the Bills and pick them. I took the Bills in our pick'em league. It's about one of the three games that I got right. I got that. I got the Lions. The Lions. I think I got the Jacks covering against the Colts because the Colts were riding too high. You went the Lions? Wow. I almost went for the Steelers in that game, but at last second I didn't. But not that I won. Not that I won any money yesterday or anything. Like that's relevant. I pick the Lions just about every week because it hits every week. The Lions are like the best 0-8 and 1 team I've ever seen. They're in every <laughs> single game. They're in every single game. I don't know what their, what their record against is the against spread? the spread, but it's got they've got to be yeah. over 500 against the spread. They have to be. They got to be pretty good. I mean, they co- yeah, they've covered a like even in like the Ravens games and stuff. They're like, they're covering these these like weird games. They were a 66-yard field goal away from beating the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens. Like they lost yeah, that, that game that game in a way that only the Lions can, right? On a miracle field goal. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, they're, they're in every oh single one God. of these games. So I'm going to keep picking the Lions and I'm going to keep picking against the Jets because I don't think it's going to get too much better for this defense. I think they've played above their level for way too long now. And I think everything kind of comes back to earth in the NFL eventually. And the secret's out in this Jets defense. You could throw it deep on them. You could throw it on the outside. There's no safety help to speak of. You could run on them. I mean, they're really out of strengths at this point. It's a free-for-all, really. And you can run on them, yeah. Like, even... Yeah, which the Bills didn't bother to do. I started Singletary in fantasy because I'm like, (laughs) everybody can run on the Jets. The Bills will get it together this week, and the Bills do that thing they do where they don't run the ball at all. That's true. Uh, We'll get to that. Uh, The Lions are 5-4 and against the spread this year. I thought they would have been better than that. Huh. I, I, that is disappointing. Still, though. Yeah. yeah that but is they're over 500 against the spread. Yeah. There you go. They are, they are over five. That is that is the spin zone we look for. Uh, <laughs> not you, Seth. But, yeah, the Bills had the franchise record yesterday, first time ever. Uh, I don't think I, – I, this must have not included Josh Allen or, like, if a quarterback scrambled it in or something that didn't count. But first time ever, they had four different guys rush in a touchdown. So, oh. congratulations, Gang Green, for being yeah. on the other end of that. We uh we like to set up teams for like like you know big ac- accomplishments. That's kind of like that's something that we do. It's yeah. <laughs> so you're welcome. I'm trying to figure out if uh, it was the first time ever that like the starting five because the Bills kind of start five in their uh they run a nickel based defense, so they're always are starting their nickel cornerback Taron Johnson, and all five of them had a takeaway between Micah Hyde with the forced yeah. fumble and fumble recovery. So all oh my god, is that had, true? Yeah, all five of their starters in the secondary had a takeaway. I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> first Kevin, first time we, on the pod. What were you saying about a rockier bottom? This team always finds a way to find a new rockier rock bottom. Yeah, that's the only correct thing I've said on this entire podcast in the whole run of it is that there's always it can always get worse somehow. You didn't think so, but yeah. So how's it going to get worse with uh, Zach Wilson against Miami? Like, what 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 are we looking at here? Let's take a break before we talk about the Jets and the Dolphins. What was it? It was it, it's like four and a half or something. It's it's lower than I would have thought. It is it's under a touchdown. Three, three. The Dolphins are three point favorites right now. I mean, the Jets can't stop anybody doing anything. So so why would this be any different? I mean, the Dolphins are terrible, but why, like... Three-point favorites, okay. Three-point favorites. Oh, man. Am I going to get sucked into this again? I kind of like the Jets in that game. I don't know. It depends who's playing. Is Mike White starting? (laughs) You like the Jets in this game? I like the Jets if Mike White plays. No, it's going to be Zach. Ooh, see, I like that less. Everyone's on Mike White for the four-interception game. I mean, if you watch this game, Mike White is getting harassed. He's getting destroyed. First interception, he got hit. You know, one of the interceptions was a tip ball. One of the interceptions is him trying to go deep. We didn't tear apart the offensive line yet on here. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a normal segment for the for this show. We didn't do our weekly assessment of that the offensive line is terrible. Yeah, that's it's a good bad. Point. It's real bad. You're still buying Mike White stock, though. I like that. You got to be the only person in the world. I, I appreciate it. You got to buy I, the I dip, baby. You got to buy the dip. Everyone knows that. I, this was the best four interception performance by a Jets quarterback I've ever seen. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> it was better. It was better than the previous four interception Jets performance with Zach Wilson against the <laughs> the Patriots. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So so yeah. So when Zach threw four interceptions, that was the Patriots. Bad. Most of those were his fault. <laughs> most of these interceptions, maybe one of them was Mike White's uh, fault, and it was and that was the deep ball to Elijah Moore that he threw into double coverage because he was already down by 21 points. The first First one was, was I was going to say the Jordan Poirier one was definitely on him, and that's the one that, that you're referencing. I was like, that uh, one hit Jordan Poirier between the numbers. 
So, yeah, was that the oh, first yeah. one or second one? One of them looked that was like an late. Off. That was late. I think I was referencing the 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 one coming in at halftime. I was referencing the Trey White interception where he kind of threw it up between two bills, but he was down by twenty one points. He's just trying to throw a deep ball just to get a pass interference and just make something happen. I know that's the that's the, the same circumstance. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's the score dictating. The play calling and the decision yeah. making. I mean, like, if that's a tie game, he's not throwing that ball. Yeah, anybody on Jets Twitter who watches this game and they're like, oh, uh, the reason they lost is Mike White. It's like, yeah, like, uh, or the fact that the off- Bills offense could do anything they wanted all game. That might be that might be slightly a problem because if, like, if he threw, like, what, four touchdowns, it still wouldn't have mattered. Like, come on, guys. Everybody relax. Yeah, if you're, if you're blaming Mike White for this score, you you don't watch a lot of football. I'm sorry. And That's, he's a there, backup. There a hello, hello, reality. He's a backup. There's a reason he was a backup to begin with. Just get over the whole Bengals thing. Like, he's a backup, and they played terribly. And their defense is apparently, like, what are they, the worst defense in the league at this point? Or one of the worst defenses in the league? They weren't the worst defense going into the game. They probably are now, if you count all the injuries in the secondary. If you're doing... And now that Marcus May and Brandon Eccles are gone, they, they probably are the worst. They're definitely the least talented, but they also have to be giving up the most points within the last however many weeks, right? Within the last four weeks. I mean, there's nobody even close to it, right? I can't yeah, even imagine. they've given them like, 90 points in two weeks, so, yeah. So, yeah. Is that, so, that bad? <laughs> <laughs> how many, this is basketball, right? <laughs> that would be pretty good. And they played a defense today that already has, what, two shutouts on the season? Yeah. Clearly the number one defense in the NFL. So, yeah, listen, maybe give Mike White a break. And I would still start him next week against the Dolphins, even if Zach is healthy. But that's just my two cents. I know Salah said as soon as Zach is 100% he's going to go back in, there's always like a fun caveat to that where Salah could always say that, well, Zach's yeah. only 98% based on our assessments, right? He could yeah. always yeah. wiggle his way out of that. Speak. These guys yeah. know everything that they're saying. They're so rehearsed now. Yeah. Like uh, Star Latulier uh, went on the COVID list right before the game yesterday. Um, and McDermott was asked today, will he be good to go next week against the Colts? And his answer was basically like, uh, oh, he's on the COVID list. We don't, that's all we know. Like as if the <laughs> entire country wasn't just watching what happened with Aaron Rodgers. So like everyone knows like the COVID rules now and like he yeah. could miss two games instead of one. He was like playing dumb. He's like, I don't know. Like, come on. Yeah. like, come on, man. You I'm know, this. Privy to you, that know what he was you know what we're asking. Can we just eliminate coach interviews entirely? I mean, has there been, a useful coach interview in the last 10 years. I mean, sometimes you get like cool viral stuff like the, you know, we are who they thought they were speech and the, the, <laughs> Jim, the Jim Mora playoffs thing. Yeah. But like aside from like some like yeah. few and far between viral moments. And by the way, Nick, you're right. These coaches are literally taught by the team's PR people how to be boring as fuck, how to avoid <laughs> yeah. viral video moments. So, I mean, it, it's, yeah, I, I haven't seen a, a player interview or a coach interview and in probably the last decade that was worth watching. I think we might be able to eliminate this altogether. That's why I love Marshawn Lynch. That's the best player interview I've ever seen in my life. The, I'm just here. So I don't get fined. I was like, good for Marshawn. Good for like you're, why are you mad at him for being right. Content. Just, <laughs> just giving us content. Monday Night Football was a classic a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, Live yeah. F-bomb. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, at, at least New York media, though, they'll uh, having been at like SNY before and like watching not um, who's the coach last year, Adam Gase, like watching him. I mean, we he were was, trying to uh, forget, who, too. We're trying to forget, too. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then who was the what was the um, Sherman with the Giants? Both those guys, by the time when I was at SNY still and they were there, 
both those guys were just so done with New York media because they actually ask like difficult things or like you said, like people hate them because they do their job and ask questions. In Buffalo, they just never like Josh Allen has been able to walk on water for over two years now. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You should go to Niagara Falls and see he's walked right across it. But it's <laughs> it, 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 you can just tell by the end of it though that like gays and especially was it Shermer or Sherman? I think it's Sh- Sh- uh, Shermer. Shermer. Yeah, oh Pat my Shermer. god, that guy! Yeah. That guy hated everyone in New York. I think by the yeah. time he was done, they I'm would ask sure. him questions, and his, his answer would just basically be like a polite "fuck you." Like everything <laughs> he would say when I would yeah. watch this, I was like, "Man, I, I respect this guy." We're just like not even, not even caring at the end. He's like, "I'm getting fired in like four weeks. Fuck this." <laughs> like, Gase, Why are you asking that? <laughs> Gase hated like all media right from the beginning. Like, what was the thing? Remember when Sam got a mono and his like he started the podcast or he started the um, the press conference by being like uh whatever he was like no, uh, number 10's out this week like he didn't even say his name you're like you can't e- you can't even say your starting quarterback's name is out this week like you're not you're not gonna give him that you have to see if it give his number like adam gase was doomed from the start but with the crazy eyes opening press conference the eyes were just flashing good. around the room He's like, Great I know you've never coached in New York before, but have you? You've seen a camera before, right, Adam? Yeah, like, yeah. You, 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 you know, know how to be on film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You understand the idea of television, right? It blasts into right. space and people. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think he understood it. Oh wow, I forgot. But other than that, that it's going time. great, guys. We have a D plus, <laughs> D minus defense, and uh, we've been rebuilding since 1969. But Zach's coming back, baby. He's firing BBs against uh, against the uh, the Dolphins oh next week. The Dolphins are so bad that I, I do not I'm, bet I'm the go- Jets. I swear I'm, I'm to not God, gonna, man, I'm not going to bet on them. But from like an optimism <laughs> standpoint, I'm going to get sucked into this. I know that I am. They can't stop anything on defense at all. Like you can't. Yeah, but the, team. yeah, but the see the the the, the Dolphins are terrible. Four, I know, but it just still though, t- t- just the, don't do. But, it. but the Colts and Bills are real offenses, Kevin. <laughs> Uh, you you you're scared of Tua? <laughs> they beat the you, I mean, the Dolphins beat the Ravens too. I guess you can hang your hat on that. <laughs> oh my so, god, nothing makes sense. I hate this league. <laughs> this was the weirdest week of football especially. I mean, you've got the Washington professional racists go out there and somehow yep. ruin my parlay and beat the yep, Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, sucking ears. Yep. Not coming. We'll ruin everyone's parlays and teasers all across the country. That didn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah and that then was a little We get this like disgu- ridiculous. This like hyped up disgusting Green Bay Seattle game where like oh Rogers and Wilson are back like game of the week and it was the worst football game I've ever seen in my life yeah. right the Seahawks get shut out Rogers yeah. looks terrible I was like what is football today Wilson doesn't look like he's he's ready to come back or I don't know what the hell that was I don't know how Russell was- Wilson talked himself into starting that game he's not healthy. yeah he does not. I was look so like he's angry at Taylor Heineke every time he fist pumped after like a good play oh. and they showed him on camera. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch my wall. Uh, like have a monster yeah. energy and punch my wall or something. Because I was like, I fucking hate this guy. Bills <laughs> kicked her ass. Yeah. Heineken, fuck. He's that like, shit. he's like, he sucks, but he's like weirdly frisky. It's like nobody could figure Heineke out. <laughs> Was that he, a revenge game for the playoffs last year? Is that that was, that was like- absolutely a Washington football revenge game. And that's the narrative you have to go with. And then you've got like weirdly Which is fris- so dumb, frisky but- Heineke. To, to, to borrow a, a phrase from another famous podcaster, Heineke is one of the big time irrational confidence guys in the league. He's a big irrational <laughs> confidence guy. He's going to keep chucking even if he misses a couple threes. Yeah. Like, which apparently think, Mike uh, White is on that list as well. Apparently it's Heineke and Mike White, the two biggest irrational confidence guys in football. Dude, talk about uh, the, I saw a thing with Mike White. It was on like the one of these jet sites and it was somebody interviewing Mike White in the locker room and they're like, 
you know, what happened this week or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm not going to let this, we're, I'm going to watch the film. I'm not going to let this game beat me twice. And it's like, dude, you know, you're a backup, right? Like you're not even coming back. You're not even going to play for the Jets again. Probably <laughs> like, dude, they drafted a quarterback. Like you do know that, right? <laughs> like you can watch all the game film you want. You might not be back ever. I mean, you'll be back for somebody, but Mike White's biggest mistake, honestly, was coming back from injury. Cause if he would have played that one game, uh, yeah. I mean, Life he's made, in the Hall of Fame. Life made as a free agent. Yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame. Life made as a free agent. Career backup, at least. Now it's like on the rocks, maybe that career backup thing. Like, he had a good decade in the NFL if he just would have, I don't know, slipped and re-injured himself. I don't, I don't know why he was hurt. Any, anyways. Oh, man, Rob, my hand is hurting so much, actually. Can you, put, can you put Flacco in? I hear he's won a Super Bowl. Yeah, the Joe Flacco era started last week. Again, restarted last week. We are, we hey, three, three for three with a touchdown. Just saying. Just lighten it up and go. <laughs> he, he's no Josh Johnson, but he was okay. He's no Josh time. Johnson. That's right. That's right. We all know that. Oh, my God. Ex-Bill Drake, Josh Johnson. Of the yeah. 18 teams he's been on, he was on Buffalo. And, uh, yeah, and he I was uh, don't remember last, at all. <laughs> the last podcast, they see an ex-Colts great. So I think any, 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 yeah, any guest we have, he's going to be an ex-great of, of that franchise. That's including if we do an XFL podcast or whatever. Or no, he was in AAF, wasn't he? he was yeah, he was in games. the AAF. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I bet he was like amazing in the AAF. It's like, yeah, he was the Aaron Rodgers of, <laughs> <laughs> the, right. Aaron Rodgers of, the... <laughs> of the AAF. <laughs> Let's take another quick break. I don't want to talk about some of the games remaining this year. So the under over going into this season was six wins for the Jets. As we know, I took the under before the year I locked it in. So starting this week, the Jets play the Dolphins, the Texans, the Eagles, the Saints, the Dolphins again, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then finish off with the Bucks and the Bills, both of whom may have nothing to play for by that time. Do the Jets get to six wins? Do they win four out of Bills, Bucks, Dolphins, Jags, Saints, Eagles, Dolphins, Texans? Do they win four of those games, Kevin? No, no, they do not. They they may they 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 might beat the Texans, and I feel like they might beat the Dolphins. They're not beating the Dolphins twice. If they beat the they're Dolphins, not the Dolphins week, twice, they're getting no. us back in Miami. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, they're not beating the Bucks. Um, they're n- I I really don't think they can beat the Eagles. I would be. Surprised I don't either. If they beat e- the Eagles. Eagles yeah. are on the rise. I don't think I don't think they can beat the Saints. <laughs> Their only path to four wins is they beat the Dolphins at home this week. They take care yeah. of business against the Texans. They beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, which would be four, and yeah. then the Bills have nothing to play for in Week 18. That would be – or excuse me, Jacksonville would be three, oh, man. and the Bills have nothing the, to play for in Week 18. That's yeah, the path. It's the garbage time cover of, of over-unders. The garbage time cover of seasons. Yeah, yeah. it's the Josh Johnson of uh, – <laughs> almost Josh Johnson against the Colts cover of, of the season. Although I gotta I say, mean, in a in a Zach Wilson Mitch Trubisky matchup, I might take Mitch. I don't know about that. I might be yeah, <laughs> I might be jumping the gun on that one a little bit. Oh man, from a quarterback comparison standpoint, Mitch is ready to go. He's back. He comes back. He's ready to play. Ready to ready to show the world. He might be uh, back. He had his revenge game in the preseason. The Bills played the Bears. Trubisky went off, and yeah. we haven't seen him since. So too easy catching COVID. Yeah, if uh, if we have to have our friend Dan on, if Mitch Trubisky beats the Jets, he is the world's number one Mitch Trubisky supporter. Yeah, Dan Laparco is the only remaining <laughs> Trubisky truther out there. Of he really the Trubisky is. truthers. He believes it. He believes he he he's been short. You know, he's gotten you know short trips on QAnon. 
Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other subject for a whole other podcast. Heine- no, we, we Heineke can't too, right? Isn't he one of those? Oh, sorry, he's a Heineke truther. He's a Trubisky truther. He's not a QAnon truther. Thankfully, <laughs> we might we might have to break up with him if he's a QAnon truther. No, I was saying isn't Heineke anyway. Sorry. It's not Brandon Heineke. Nimmo. Well, Beasley's got some interesting thoughts. If we're all if we're all being real here, but whatever. it's Cole Beasley. Yeah, that's that's. I'm glad we have Nick on this podcast. I'm glad we have like a Bills insider that we could turn to for stuff like this. Is Cole Beasley like fully on the Kyrie Irving train with this, or or is that like a joke? He's you know he's definitely full full on like this. Yeah, yeah, he's full on. He's he's oh in my deep. God. Like he yeah he's in deep. He's in deep. I would love to be a fly in the wall of Cole Beasley's. Uh, I don't know. Where do you think he lives? A ranch or something like that? He probably is the only ranch in in. I know he lives in Texas. Texas. (laughs) But he's got to be sitting there watching Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show like a week ago. Just like, I don't know, pretending like he's like watching some kind of political speech or or, or like (laughs) some preacher. He's just like, he's just like, yes, yes. You just like almost feel that. Yeah. This guy's better than Joel Alstein on Sunday. Oh my god! Yeah, legitimately, that's when I kind of, I kind of felt that energy. Or I don't know, I didn't get a look at Aaron Rodgers' ear, but uh, you know, there was either Cole Beasley or Joe Rogan plugging shit in while he was talking. His good friend Joe. I'll tell you what. I need a Cole Beasley Kyrie Irving podcast, and I need it yesterday. <laughs> These two oh, must be platformed. I just, yeah. I need to know what's going to come out of their mouths on a weekly basis. I must know. I, I'm going to listen in horror, but I have to know. <laughs> Low key, Podcast I think an, another interesting <laughs> one from uh, the Bills is Starla Tulier. Like I mentioned before, he uh, he is not vaccinated. I'm pretty sure it's known, and he sat out last year too. So he did not play last year. He sat out because of COVID, and you'd think such a guy would get vaccinated, but he was yeah, like, is, mm, "Is he afraid no. of the virus or isn't he?" That's a yeah, that's a, <laughs> like, that's a weird it? distinction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what he thinks about his shadow, but he's afraid of a lot of things. So it's that's that's a I don't know. That's a different kind of situation. You'd you'd think you'd think one would surmise that you know if he's going to opt out, maybe he'd get the vaccine. Maybe, maybe, maybe. but he yeah. didn't, and now he just yeah, now he just uh, got COVID. So now, yeah, but you know, Sean McDermott doesn't know anything. He has no idea what the rules are in the COVID designation for yeah. the bills. So. No one's told him that yet, probably. So <laughs> no he's one's told him that. I actually. I actually thought, I know you don't care about it, Sean McDermott on here, but as he said that reply too, because they do like a Zoom call like this, he was like, like looked over to the PR guy and <laughs> asked that question, almost to be like, did I do good? Yeah. <laughs> he, he do I need dad? Do like, I need dad? No. More? Okay, no. I, I, was, I was waiting for his finger to pop up and him be like the thumb, like, yeah, yeah, got them? Yeah, okay. yeah I got it. He's just going to let the PR guy take that question. He's like, uh, you, you just speak for me. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. But and that was after uh, Sean McDermott, though, he's always he's always like that because the Bills had Rex Ryan before. And that was just like such a shit show. I mean, as you guys can probably attest, as we know, microphone. so kind of kind of loop kind of loop this back into the Jets, as you guys know, yeah. Rex Ryan will say some shit behind a microphone. Yeah, Rex Ryan is saying, still saying some shit behind a microphone. He's <laughs> yeah. still talking yeah. shit about Rob Sala to this day, though. He's like, this guy's supposed to be a defensive genius. Don't compare yeah. this guy to me. <laughs> yeah, literally, you said that today. Yeah, and I was like, okay, Rex. Well, <laughs> so Nick, you're a Bills fan. We talked about this. You hate Tom Brady, obviously. Are the Patriots good again? And if so, how upset does that make you? Because I think I was angrier at the Patriots Browns game this week than I was at the Jets Bills game. I was just furious watching the Patriots just absolutely 
demolish the Browns and Baker going down. I I can't take 10 more years of the Patriots being good again. I don't have it in me. I can't do it. I can't take another decade. I don't think anyone in Western New York has it in them either. It's I, I'm, I wasn't too upset because I'm still kind of waiting to, to, to get that feeling of like, oh shit with the Patriots. I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of a, I don't want to say Brown's truther, but like, I, I'm not really sold on them a ton. I want to use truther because it's a great description, but <laughs> I'm not really too sold on them. Uh, there's always just, they are, they always are, are, are still, letting, they're good, but they're always letting down in certain games. And that kind of felt like another one to me, but I think I need to see some more longevity of success from the Patriots before I get really worried about them. I think right now the bills, I would still take them head to head pretty easily against the Patriots. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Matt Jones. Nick, before we let you go, I want to pick your brain a little bit on something. So as has been well documented on this podcast, we are a fan base that is familiar with misery. I'm trying to figure out the most diplomatic way to say that as a bills fan, as a lifelong bills fan, you're no stranger to misery, but now your team is not only good, your team's probably the favorite in the AFC. How weird is this for you? And what does that feel like I know you haven't reached the mountaintop yet so this conversation might be premature but what does it feel like as a Bills fan to watch a good team after all those years yeah I, I mean I think the easiest word to the low hanging fruit is different <laughs> it's definitely different because you're especially last year was the big the big year I mean the Bills did lose to the Chiefs last year obviously in, in the AFC title game but as I just finished that sentence, you know, you're even still to this day surprised that you construct sentences like that. Like I just said, the Bills lost in the AFC championship game, which is still almost foreign because for so long, the Bills were just in that middle ground misery where they would never, I mean, Josh Allen was the highest selected quarterback in their team's history because Jim Kelly was, you know, their other great quarterback and not to put Josh Allen prematurely in a conversation such as that, but I'm pretty sure he's still the MVP favorite this year. And yeah, it's just still even different. So the Bills, just in their their misery, they would have just these random games where at least the Jets, you know, they picked number two last year and got Zach Wilson. And I know the Trevor Lawrence situation happened and, you know, that was kind of the goal all along. But in the Bills, they just would always just be mediocre enough for so many years. And that was the most difficult part of being a Bills fan, where it's like just one year, can you just completely fuck this up so then we can just get the best quarterback like can we try that one time like it's been 20 years like let's come on so then they finally traded up and actually made it happen ironically enough after they ended their playoff drought they trade up you know um and get the quarterback but yeah i guess how it how it feels it's still of course different but it it almost hasn't even settled settled in fully because you definitely it still feels awkward to be like the bills are the favorite allen's the mvp favorite that just it just doesn't fit right. You're, you're still almost expecting something to happen to ruin that. <laughs> still, yeah. like you still got that. You still, you still got yeah. that little feeling in the back of your head. It almost like never goes away. Cause it's so deeply ingrained in there where it's like, well, Shred Edwards looked really good for like five, six games. It was going to be the MVP. And then he forgot how to play football after a concussion. Like, can yeah. that not happen again? You guys recall that. That was great. Great times in Buffalo. I, yeah. Well, I remember yeah. The, the Trent Edwards era. Yeah. Because you also have the year with Allen where he has the, you know, they lose the play at the Texans playoff game. And I imagine it at that point you go like, oh, right, of course, this is like the Bills being the Bills again. But yeah, I mean, you know, look at you now. Like they're, they're, they're up there. And, uh, we're never getting there. I mean, there, that year Randy. wasn't even, uh, that, I mean, nobody really, really, I certainly didn't think that Allen was going to come back from that game and be 
an MVP favorite. I mean, technically he finished second in the voting last year for MVP, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers got, I think, 44 votes and Allen had like four and Mahomes had like three. So technically he was second, you know, but uh, it's still like, it still is almost setting in. Even now we're midway through, we're like just now getting comfortable that this guy's probably pretty good. Cause it's like, you know, how many times in sports have you seen the guy has the good year and then quote unquote, the sophomore slump or like regresses or yep. especially with quarterbacks teams come around to him and, uh, and whatnot. But it's, it's certainly something that still feels different and is now just starting to, to, to feel more normal, I guess, for, for lack of a better term, because I, I, I think I did pick the bills to lose to the Patriots this year at some point. And I know the Patriots are doing better right now, but it's still like that's I think that's going to be the one I know the Bills swept the AFC East last year and I didn't expect them to do it again this year but it's starting to look more like a reality like it could happen we we, we could see the Patriots still but I mean that game's gonna have so much importance to it it's like that that's almost might be the one now I'm convincing myself that that's gonna be the one it's like the Patriots yeah we beat the Patriots last year but it's like now they're starting to turn it turn it around can we knock them off when it really matters and, and can i just a say football game too, can so. i just say i'm so rooting for the bills in that game like fuck the patriots so hard oh my this, god this. yes <laughs> yeah no don't, don't worry it, it would be the same thing as as nauseating as oh i actually have a question <laughs> i gotta ask you guys after this uh if they're my comment but yeah as, as not as nauseating as it, it would be you know as it probably is for you guys to say that it would be the exact same thing in buffalo because tom brady you know the, he he beat the bills more than any other team uh, he had, he ended up by the time he was done, he had more wins like in Buffalo, in Buffalo, in Orchard Park. He had more wins there than like guys like Doug Flutie had when he was starting for the Bills, uh, oh, a different yeah. quarterbacks. Like, he, and he played there once a year for like 15 years and he won yeah. there so many times. He had more wins than like a slew of like quote unquote drought quarterbacks. It's like, oh my God, yeah. you gotta be shitting me. Yeah. But my question to you guys is, I got a lot of shit in Twitter for this because it's just one of those things that triggers me. Um, Seth knows I'm a pretty, a pretty, pretty realist when it comes to, to, to reporting about the bills. You know, I have been a bills fan. I was like a one-time season ticket holder because then I started my career kind of went into a path where I could cover the team. So I was a season ticket holder for a year, but the one thing that I, and I get it, I get Buffalo small, small marketplace, especially compared to New York and, and whatnot. And now that I live down here, you know, I kind of get the logistics of it where it completely makes sense that the Jets and Giants play in New Jersey. Like, what do you think? Do you think they're going to put, they're going to put the stadium next to Times Square? Like where the hell are they going to put a football yeah. stadium in New York city? So Bill's fans have this ridiculous thing. That's, they're the only the New York's only team. Have you heard this? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've yeah. heard it from every Bills fan in my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you give a shit? Like, what do you say back? Because I'm just like, I, I went off on Twitter last week and got so much hate. I lost so many followers from Bills fans because I said, <laughs> and I didn't even like construct it in like a negative way towards Buffalo. I wrote the tweet was, you know, not, not verbatim, but it was uh, one of the, one of the world's biggest mysteries is that Bills fans will say they're New York's only football team. And I get what they're saying. It's only New York State. But I made a yeah. point to say they also don't play in their city either. They do not play in Buffalo. They play in Orchard Park. Yeah, yeah. And, that, <laughs> that, and the amount of people that came back at me was alarming at how mad right. they were. I was just going to say that that is the response is is the Orchard Park thing, because the, the it's a ridiculous argument. Orchard Park to Buffalo, or, Orchard Park being a part of the city of Buffalo 
is the same thing as East Rutherford, New Jersey being a part of yeah. New York City. It's a suburb in the middle of nowhere outside of the major city. The Miami right. Dolphins play in Miami Gardens, right? We could do that. We could do this all day. You know? <laughs> uh, the amount of times the, the, they got to the Arlington Cowboys now, I'm like, yes, yeah, yes, right. They can, yes, yes, yeah. You understand how stupid that sounds? So do you? And Bill Smith's like, no, no, you just don't get it. You don't get it. Yeah. Like, oh my fucking god, what are you? <laughs> it was just, I, and I think I, I, I ended up googling too that the, uh, I think the physical distance between like Manhattan or whatever, and my Google Map to and, uh, East, East Rutherford, Rutherford is closer yeah. than. Park, it probably Buffalo. is yeah right yeah I mean, it, it almost has to be yeah so i, I understand it's never bothered me yeah, yeah i understand how state boundaries work bells fans well we get it <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a dumb argument and it's always going to be a, a dumb argument what i will say is that the jets just like my new york mets have and always will have a little brother complex this will always be a yankees town it will always be a new york giants town and no amount of success by the mets or jets can really ever change that. So we're always going to have that little brother complex sort of as long as we're in this city. Yeah, that's totally true. And and I started out as rooting for both of those other teams, but uh, have changed my mind once I realized I didn't like winning So when I was a little kid. So yeah, no, I mean, at, at some point you're rooting for laundry anyway, right? So I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, like in a good way, but just like, you know, I mean, yeah, it's the the fact that they play in New Jersey has. I, I've always felt like that's like the whole, most hilarious like nitpick. It's like, oh yes, and the Patriots who play in all of New England, yes, they play in Vermont. <laughs> like, yeah, even even when they were the Boston Patriots, they've always played in Foxborough, right? So it's like, what's your fucking point? <laughs> yeah, it's it's mind numbingly stupid. Just say we're we went to the AFC Championship last year, and you guys picked second. So just say yeah, that. just say that. Yeah, you don't you need don't, to bring you don't, don't need you to bring maps into this geography lesson. Just yeah. say you guys suck. <laughs> we, and don't we're good. To, we don't That's need to it. bring topography into this. I think geography is the only. It's kind of like a go-to chirp when you're a franchise who's Super Bowlless. I mean, not to throw rocks in a glass house. I know we're not the Patriots either, but. I think that's that's the kind of things that you lean on as a source of pride when you don't have that year. The Jets still have that year if you're someone that's my father's age, right? If you're a, you know, if you're a 30-year-old, you know, Mets Jets Rangers fan like me, you're pretty bitter. And you'll probably die before ever seeing a title. We'll see. Uh, the Rangers won the cup when I was 3 years old. You'll have to excuse me for not having fond memories of that one. Yeah. But I'd just yes, like to get that. one before I die. One before I die in any sport by the way, not in, not one of each. One before I die of any of my three teams, and I will be satisfied. I don't think that's a tall order. I don't think that's a high bar. The Mets have made the World Series uh, twice in my lifetime. I, I often forget about 2015. That happened. They made it that, that was a real that, thing. That I remember happened. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a deal. The Rangers have made one Stanley Cup final. Uh, the Jets have never made it past the AFC Championship game, but yeah. What? I, I think... I think I'm getting closer. closer. (laughs) Wait, are you trying to say they haven't even made a Super Bowl since the third one? That's crazy. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) thanks for tuning in. (laughs) I weirdly, I'm going to say this naively on the record, I weirdly like the Jets next week at home against Miami. If Mike White plays. If Zach plays, I'm not as confident. I'm pretty sure it's Zach, and I'm going to pull the uh, Michael Jordan gif on you. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us here at Just End the Show. Let's thank Nick for being on, for sure. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for showing up on the podcast. Anytime, guys. We can talk season finale, too, whatever. Whatever you guys want. 
I'm I'm there. Yeah, we'll have you back for week 18. Absolutely. Well, with the Mitch Trubisky cast, it'll be we'll have Dan in here. We'll have Dan in here for 10 minutes, and then we'll have Nick for the rest of it. That works. The Trubisky <laughs> Truther Pod. The the Trubisky <laughs> Pod. I love it. Enjoy the games next week, everybody. Kevin, take us out. Just end the show. Just end the show.